Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. I'm actually in St. George, Utah right now where the sentencing for Ruby Frankie and Jody Hildebrandt happened. And I am here with a friend with uh, Natalie from Natalie Lawyer Chick. You can see her channel. It's tagged in the description of this video. Go check her out. She does great legal analysis. We love our law experts who give us their expertise because we certainly need it right now, Natalie. Now, now let me just tell you how this, this live played out, by the way. I'm here in St. George, Utah, where the sentencing is taking place. Natalie and I have both been following this case from the beginning of, of Ruby Frankie, YouTuber mom, and uh, Jody Hildebrandt, therapist. And uh, I came down to report on it. I was with Law and Crime, as was Natalie. So we were both on Law and Crime just now. You can go watch Law and Crime's reports and, and follow them today. They did a great job covering it. And Natalie and I were both on there. So right when we concluded, we texted each other and said, hey, can we go live right now and discuss this? Because I really needed a lawyer. I really needed to help breaking down what happened today in court and, and uh, of course, share some of my thoughts as well, but what a big day. Ruby Frankie and Jody Hildebrandt both sentenced. In my opinion, I feel like justice was served because they couldn't have had a, a, you know, a bigger sentence, a longer sentence, as far as I know. Um, yeah. And I think I always look at Natalie, like, correct me if I'm wrong. You know, I love your nods. Thank you. I'm like, okay, <laughs> you're absolutely right. on that. <laughs> the expert says I'm right. <laughs> and, uh, Ruby seemed to show some remorse. She gave a very long speech. It was almost like an award show. I felt thanking everyone there and that thanking the those in the hospital, the doctors, the police that arrested her, apologizing. Uh, Jody Hildebrandt, not so much. I was waiting for her, Natalie, to say something like, and this is my fault, or I am really sorry. Okay. And, you know, not one line to, you know, she said she loved the kids, which I thought was disgusting, honestly, and then said that they hope they heal. And I want to be like, from what, Jody? From you? From you? Say it. Say it. They did it. But I think that all, you know, those are my few initial thoughts, but let's, let's get down to what you can help us with. Natalie, can you explain this process? Because to me, this was not the average sentencing. Right. So the reason that I feel like this sentencing hearing itself felt kind of like what just happened is because everything was pretty much a foregone conclusion. There is a written sentencing or plea agreement between Ruby Frankie, the prosecutors, 
Jody Hildebrandt, the prosecutors. And so we knew going into this, based on that plea agreement, what they were going to receive. So it was very limited in what um, the defense attorneys could even do because they agreed ahead of time. They wouldn't be asking for anything other than a consecutive sentence. They wouldn't be asking for less than what the prosecutor was, was asking for, which is completely unique to this case. Usually, I have never entered into a plea agreement with any of my clients where I say, I am not free to ask for something, you know, or yeah. if, if, if you're, we're not free to ask for anything, we're certainly not pleading to the very top count with the highest amount of a potential sentence. Usually if it's an agreed upon sentence, it's something that's much lower than what the client could potentially get. So that's kind of why it kind of felt a little weird. So let me just kind of, if, if you don't mind, give me a bit of leeway Please. explaining. Um, Please. So basically what happened here is this is, from the defense's perspective, a long-term view at setting their clients up to eventually get out on parole because Utah is unique in that there isn't a limitation on when the parole board can start looking at their cases. So if they don't put the prosecution through all the rigmarole of having to do a trial, they don't uh, traumatize the children further by having them testify then maybe the parole board will look at them and say, okay, you're remorseful. I'm going, we're going to let you go. We're going to let you out a little bit earlier than you normally would get out. Basically what they're saying is from the defense perspective, we know that if this case went to trial, we likely would not be successful. So how can we diminish the damage that they receive? And you can tell that uh, Ruby Frankie was following along with her attorney's recommendation that she seem as contrite as possible, as apologetic as possible. I think I, I let slip there on long crime that I, I'm side-eyeing that remorsefulness, but okay. We and, all are. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> and, uh, and Jody Hildebrand, I think just uh, as a, uh, as a operation of her personality or something is just unable to come out and say, I'm sorry, and I take full responsibility for my actions. But both of their lawyers negotiated it that way. So what does the technical sentence mean? It's one to 15 years for each count. It's four counts of one to 15 years. And so it's four to what should be 60 years, but it won't be because there's a Utah statute that limits the maximum penalty for consecutive sentences to only 30 years. So I shouldn't say only like 30 years is nothing. You know, that's a that's a big amount of time of anyone's life. But they're going to be looking at parole. At, you know, uh, I think uh, it was Hildebrandt's attorney who said at one of the previous hearings, a press conference where he said they could convene the parole board right away if they wanted to. So I don't even know if they'll serve. It's more likely they'll serve that full four years, but it's not a foregone conclusion that they won't. And so that's kind of what happened here. Everything's been worked out ahead of time through the plea agreement, and they knew what they were going to get going in. And today was just kind of more performative to signal to the parole board to let them go. Okay. And thank you. You know, I think another thing that's really interesting about the sentencing, and maybe you can help us explain this is, uh, you know, there's, we still don't know exactly how long, as you point out that they're going to serve. And usually we like it to conclude at a sentencing. I want to know that I, I go to Lori Vallow Daybell sentencing and we know that she's going to have life behind bars and there's, but this is here, they were sentenced, but we still don't know exactly right. how long they will both serve. Can you explain a bit right. what has to happen next and why that's the case? Right. So it's because Utah does not have a formulaic 
uh, system about their parole. So in some states like the state of Maryland, if you're convicted of certain type of misdemeanor crimes, you're eligible for parole on a prison sentence after a quarter of your sentence. If it's a serious uh, felony or a crime of violence, you're eligible for parole at half of your sentence. And many states follow that rubric Utah does not. So with that four years, more than likely they'll have to serve at least that four-year part of the sentence before they start looking at being able to get out on parole. But it's really not a certain thing from what I've seen so far from legal practitioners I've spoken to in Utah. It's just not sure what will happen. And that's kind of dissatisfying because you, like you said, Lauren, you want to know what are they going to really do? Uh, But think about it on the other side of things. Ruby Frankie and Jody Hildebrand are also going to be in prison with a lot of that uncertainty. They cannot step out of place even a little bit because any possibility of them getting out uh, relies on that parole board. And the parole board has total discretion. So they can just decide, I don't care what you say, we're not going to let you out. So they really do have to be on their P's and Q's in there. And so uh, do you think then that they are going to get the the same time behind bars or different because they gave very different speeches and it seems like at the press conference as well uh there seemed to be something that i saw a lot of people were putting more blame on jody it Mm -hmm. seemed to be a trend Mm -hmm. Uh, they all used different words but that was a feeling i thought and felt she's the therapist she's the one in position to power she was certainly the least remorseful again i i'm still really angry about her speech that she gave and right. I I can question Ruby's remorse, right? I can question it, but at least she laid it out there. Right. Right. I'll give her that. Right. Um, And, and by saying, okay, I appreciate that she did that. Doesn't mean I feel sorry for her either, but she at least did that. Did Um, the thing. That's the thing that you want them to do. Yes. (laughs) Yes. You want them to do that. Whether or not Mm. you question it, whether or not Mm. it's authentic, she did it. Jody couldn't even bring herself to do it. So now going back to my original question that I've asked you, do you feel that they will see a similar time behind bars or do you think that uh, they're going to sentence them differently? I mean, they were sentenced, but do you think that the board is going to put them behind bars uh, for a different amount of time? I think from, okay, so there's the difference between what the parole board will do and what the prosecution is going to be recommending. And so I... I hate to say this, but I have the feeling based on the the procedural history of the case and the press conference from the prosecutor that as a part of Ruby Frankie being the first one to plead guilty, she they probably are of the idea that somehow she's less culpable because she was a follower of Jody Hildebrandt. And so if they make a recommendation to the parole board and they said in her in her paperwork that basically they were essentially promising not to not to trash her to the parole board when it came time for it, that they would basically stand back. If they stand back or they give her a positive recommendation, she's way more likely to get out sooner than Jody Hildebrandt. I think that's completely unfair. And I think that it's a misreading of the situation. I feel like they've been manipulated, but that's neither here nor there. They are of the opinion that Jody is the mastermind, Ruby is the follower. And so I think they're going to make a recommendation for her, or at least they're not going to jump up and down and ask that she stay in, which that's not the case with Jody. They're definitely not going to make a recommendation for her. They're probably going to recommend that she not be released. And so she's definitely going to have a harder time. Now, 
what is the parole board going to do? Is the parole board going to say, okay, we see you, Mr. Prosecutor. This was your case. You were closest to it. We're going to go along with your recommendation. Are they going to make their own independent assessment looking at the case and all of the facts behind it and the horrific abuse the children suffered and say, we're not going to release her? You know, I'll, I'll say in a, in a, as a human being, I would hope it's the latter and not the former, but you just don't know. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Okay. One thing that they said during the sentencing with uh, Jody Hildebrand, or the judge, the judge said it, that he said that he thought that Jody was a, a risk factor because she did not um, apologize. That when she was being recorded, and none of us have heard these calls, I'm so interested, mm -hmm. I want to hear these mm -hmm. calls, that the, these recorded calls, when she knew that she was being recorded, that she considered herself still the victim and the victims as the perpetrators. This was said during the sentencing and that they referred right. to it as that they said, because of that, she's a risk factor from your experience uh, as a criminal defense attorney. Do you feel that they will see this, that, that aspect of her lack of remorse as a risk factor in? Yes. In this? Okay. Yes, they will. And it is a risk factor. A it's not just a lack of remorse. It's a lack of insight. Ruby has it as well. Ruby said something at, I don't know if you reference at all that uh, initial hearing for the custody of the children where the media was in there and Ruby said those things about the allegations against her own children. She's yes. Changed. That's why I'm, that's why I'm saying it's 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 a play. Yes. It's a play because when she said that stuff about her children, that was her justifying what she did to them. So she's just like Jody, but Jody is excuse the turn of phrase too dumb to figure out. I got to play play along like how Ruby does, right? Like she's too unwell to to really get it together. But that that's beside the point because I'm I'm really frustrated with the idea that Ruby's going to be held to a lesser standard than Jody and Ruby is the mother of those children. But anyway, Jody yes is very very dangerous. And it's not only that because this didn't come into consideration uh with the judge, it wasn't a part of the case, but according to Jody's own niece you know, or relative who was her niece, mm -hmm. to Jesse, she's done this before. According to Correct. the people that she's treated, she has alienated families. So I don't see how she's not a risk to turn around and do it again because she doesn't have the insight to see how it was wrong. She thinks she's right. She thinks that she's answering to a higher power. And so how can you trust that she's going to follow the power and authority of earthly law if she thinks that there's a godly law that's drawing her to commit these atrocities against people's children. She's definitely dangerous. Amen. Preach. I completely agree with you just said, and that's what we saw with Lori Vallow-Daybell, which is exactly why she's a risk factor. You brought up the religious aspect. If you believe that God is saying this is okay and that you're justifying this, what's to say you're not going to do it again? Oh, absolutely. Again. Right. Absolutely. So it is an absolute risk factor. Um, you know, I love what you said to remind people of what you brought up this moment that, that at this, the juvenile, it was in juvenile court, right? It was right after uh, Ruby and Jody were arrested and charged. They had a placement 
for the children, the abuse victims, RF and EF. And Ruby stated in that moment that the kids were dangerous. That's what you're referring to. Yeah. So just to remind people of that moment that Natalie is bringing up. Yeah, that was a very shocking, upsetting point in this case. So I'm, I'm glad to see that's not still happening, but it was clear. And, and you know, Adam Paul Steed, who got up there today, uh, someone's asking, in fact, let me pull this up really quickly. Let me explain who he is. Um, Maureen asked, what do you think of the news conference after the man who jumped up at the end? Let me share who he is. Do you know who he is, Natalie? Adam Paul uh, Steed, the you know him well, right? Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Of, of yeah. Uh, Jody Hildebrand. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And he didn't make it super clear who he was. So to, to, to help people understand, he was a former client of Jody Hildebrandt's. He was an abuse victim by the Boy Scouts of America. He was abused by Jody Hildebrandt and made to look like the abuser. There is documentation I've seen. We've interviewed him on our channel and he uh, is the reason that Jody Hildebrandt's therapy license was suspended for a time but of course she clearly got that back um but so just to explain and answer the question of people that didn't know who he was did you watch him at the press conference i know that I you did not. included yeah you're no, working I, uh, yeah i i went to the very next thing right after that <laughs> right you've got a full day yeah you're you're a, an incredible defense attorney working hard while jumping on a live we thank you so much um natalie for being here uh, you know another question i have is uh, people are asking when you said four years, they, they, they're shocked Four years as, as they pointed out that this was like a concentration camp for these children. Some people have said they haven't seen a worse abuse, uh, of children in this area. Not everyone, but some have stated that they referred to in the probable cause as life threatening injuries. They've referred to this as torture and people are saying four years, four years. And yet we both agree that this is the, the biggest sentencing that they could have received. So we right. feel justice was served. Can you explain why, why this is possibly is, it, well, let me ask you, is it because it's a second degree felony or why, why only four years for something like this or the possibility of four years? Right. Because, and, and again, guys, don't assume that they'll only serve four years, but it's a possibility that at least with Ruby, because of what the prosecutor says, he hopes she serves at least the four years and then he's okay with her going because she's the follower. So these things are set by statute, right? The legislatures get together, the, the lawmakers, and they decide what the maximum and minimum penalties are going to be. In some states, there's not even a minimum penalty for charges. So a person could get out, they could get a year instead of, you know, whatever. So it's only because of the minimum penalty that you know with some level of certainty that they'll be there for four years. But that was just set by your local lawmakers. If you are a resident of Utah and you don't think that people should only serve one, a minimum of one year for one child abuse uh, charge, then you need to write to your local legislatures. But before you do that, do take this into consideration. There's this saying that we say in the law that, you know, bad cases make for bad law. And that's where, you know, it's just the worst possible example of something, the most horrific. It can cause you to want to overreact and then change everything for everyone else. And then it ends up becoming unjust. So there is the possibility that this is one of the most horrific types of child abuse that you could ever conceive of. I mean, injuries down to the bone and all types of scary things like that. 
Um, and that the average person charged and convicted of child abuse has done nothing near this, right? Child abuse is horrible, but they've done nothing near this. So maybe there's a bunch of mitigating circumstances like they themselves were at that moment being abused and uh, or they were mentally ill or something like that. And you would say this unique person, I'd like to give them the chance to only serve a year or two years. But now they're looking at, you know, four years and you don't think that that's as just. So you have to remember that every single case, no matter how horrific this case is, and it's horrible, every single case, you know, will need that level of gradation to give the judge a discretion to be able to give mercy to a person that might have some really extreme mitigating circumstances. And I know it's hard to conceive of, but I have had cases with clients where I'm like, oh my God, I, I don't even know how you've made it this far. Um, thankfully, you know, we're here to intervene now. Let's try to get you some services that does happen. And so we just want to be very careful to not overreact. But if you're, if you really feel strongly, you're a resident of Utah, that child abuse of this nature should not look at these, should not have the potential of somebody walking out of prison after four years. You need to talk to your legislature about that. Thank you for sharing that. And so to clarify for those that are in Utah or to understand Utah law, uh, it, the, the counts, the four counts are aggravated child abuse and aggravated child abuse in the state of Utah is only a second degree felony. Thus, uh, Natalie, great point. If you feel that that needs to change and it should be uh, more than a second degree felony, write your, write your state legislature. Thank you for explaining that, that we can make the difference if that's something you feel strongly about. Natalie, thank you so much. Um, to, to share with our hidden gems, uh, I will be uh, appearing on News Nation tonight. I hope to go live a little bit later today. Again, I am in St. George, Utah. I actually hope to maybe catch up with Adam Paul Steed and, and John Lynn with Mormon Stories. And, and Natalie, you do incredible work. I needed an attorney on today. You uh, thank you for your incredible YouTube channel. Everyone go subscribe. Everyone go follow Natalie. And I see a lot of people saying this is a great collaboration. You ladies need to be back on again. And we will. The truth is Natalie and I have been talking about doing a collaboration for quite a while and yeah. I am not really good at scheduling and you're a really hard worker, uh, working day and night <laughs> doing right. what you do. So right. we do hope, <laughs> we do hope to continue more collaborations with Natalie. She's an, an incredible woman and attorney. Thank you so much. And uh, uh, to my hidden gems, watch me on Banfield tonight and uh, hit subscribe, hit notifications because I am in town and I do plan to go live later again today, if not once, twice. So thank you everyone for being here and we'll see you later today.